0: What's good y'all, welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, aka Coach V, and we're back at it with another season preview. This is episode 190, and we're going to talk about teams from the Patriot League. Now a couple of the teams we talked about were in the Patriot League last year, so I kind of grouped them together. And then we have two new teams that will be in the Patriot League this year, replacing the two that are moving up to 3a and so just as a reminder with these season previews what we're gonna do with every single 11-man football team in the state of colorado check out other episodes if you want and future episodes if you want we're going to talk about their season last year, talk about how it went, all that great stuff. We're going to talk about graduating seniors slash players that may be transferring. So just in general, players that teams are losing, programs are losing. Then we're going to talk about the key players. Players to look out for, the stars of these teams, of these leagues. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about their upcoming season. And we're going to predict it. Now, the only... Uh, programs that i'm not going to predict their season as slash you know do all that for are these two new teams and uh, they're not only new to the patriot league but they're new to colorado high school football 11 man football period so let's go ahead and talk about those two teams here so i'm gonna keep this pretty brief because i really don't have a whole bunch to talk about but the two new teams joining the two-way patriot league here is timnith and wellington timnith is uh basically in fort collins on uh, you know uh just slash just outside of uh fort collins and so there's a pretty good talent pool over there i was able to pull up some film uh technically they're called timnith middle high school i'm assuming because you know they have both in uh, the same building or in nearby facilities and so i was able to pull up their huddle look at some of these players here obviously, for the most part, these players are very young. We have pretty much all underclassmen for their varsity squad, at least on their huddle, it seems that way. And so it'll be interesting to see who steps up. Now, I have no indication of who's going to start or who's going to get the majority of playing time because, honestly, at least in my opinion at this point, everything's open. Um, You know, I'm sure they have been working on stuff. They have an idea. The coaching staff has an idea of who they're going to play. But, you know, it's a bunch of young players, and you really never know who you got until you put on the pads and you hit somebody else. You know, it's one thing to hit each other and, you know, practice and scrimmage and all that, but hitting other people is definitely a little bit different, especially game time and especially playing varsity football. You know, the Patriot League's tough. You know, this ain't no cakewalk of a league. This is one of the toughest leagues in all of Colorado. And so they're going to have to come ready to play. And so there you go. That is Timnith. Now, Wellington is a lot more north here. Um, Well, north of Fort Collins. Kind of in between Fort Collins and that Wyoming border here, and they it's a pretty good talent pool as well. You know, smaller town, obviously, all that great stuff. Uh, wasn't able to find anything outside of their schedule. Uh, no rosters posted, no huddle really here either. I tried looking up the huddle and nothing came up. So we'll definitely keep an eye out for that but just wanted to say where these programs are from now I'm just gonna be completely honest the reason I'm not predicting records and stuff is well first off I don't have a ton of film to go off of for these programs and the film I do have is basically middle school film here. And then on top of that, it's just really hard to justify, you know, one of these newer programs beating a more established program. And like I said, it's the Patriot League. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have some pretty tough and stiff competition out here. And so just wanted to give those two programs a shout out. Uh, We do hope to hopefully make a game where at least send one of our guys up there. We'll have a guy up in Fort Collins uh, doing his thing and whatnot. And so that way we could get a better feel for these teams as the season goes on and uh, next year but just wanted to welcome these two teams to Colorado high school football we'll see what they got all right moving on though let's go ahead and talk about one of the teams that are moving from the 2A Patriot League Up to 3A and playing a pretty tough 3A league here. And that's Resurrection Christian. Last year in 2A won 7-1 in the regular season, 1-1 in the playoffs. Uh, Started their season with a dub over Sterling, 42-0. Beating Thompson Valley, 40-0. Holy Family, 35-20. And Berthin, 45-0. Then they lost a close one to Eden, 10-6. Eddie Limos, he got injured, and so there are issues there. Uh, still a relatively close one, very physical game. Then they played Severance, beat them 24-14 in a close one. Then blew out the Academy 43-13, beat University 41-14. And then in the playoffs, they beat La Junta uh, in the first round pretty badly, 56-15. Before getting upset by Brush high school 21 to 17 Rush obviously would go on and go to state here and play eden relatively close uh until the end there and so there you go that was Reza's season a pretty good season i mean some you know we we talked about this on the season uh in review episode where we talked about you know the seasons of a lot of teams and how their season went compared to our prediction and all that and you know my other two co-hosts Cody and Mason were pretty critical you know they they weren't sure about Rez uh, they were disappointed they lost in the second round uh, they wanted to bring him questions and in my opinion I wasn't disappointed at all. I think getting into the second round with what you had here was pretty good. You got to remember their starting quarterback, Will Schrodenbohr, from the year before, he moved to Texas over the summer. And so obviously they knew they were going to have Eddie Lemos or some sort of plan at quarterback here. But to have kind of this makeshift type of deal where they put Eddie at quarterback and, you know, did their thing there. It is what it is. And speaking of Eddie Lemos, he will be one of the graduating seniors that they are that they are losing. Uh, he was an MVP candidate for us, actually, and he will now be attending uh, Iowa State as a preferred walk-on. And so, last year passed for 418 yards, 8 touchdowns, but really did most of his damage on the ground, rushing for 1,431 yards and 22 rushing touchdowns also contributed 36 tackles and three picks as the starting safety he was also the interception leader there as well Outside of Eddie Lemos, he definitely had help, uh, starting with Kate Dunlap, his running mate. At running back, he had an exceptional senior year rushing for 954 yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. Also had 52 tackles and 2 sacks at linebackers, doing his things both ways. And then last but not least, you have Justin Hawthorne. The edge rusher was a key part of last year's defense as the lead tackler. Uh, he had 119 tackles and 11 sacks, a whopping 11 sacks. I I believe he was in our deploy conversation. He might have not been a finalist, but he was definitely in that conversation. So there you go. Um, quick rundown here, losing five of their top 11 tacklers from last year. And they're also losing at least two starting offensive linemen. So they're losing quite a bit of production, but they're returning a good amount of their defense here and some key players as well. Plus the res, it's not like they have a horrible talent pool. They usually have some good talent in the wings. And so let's talk about the talent that is waiting in the wings, starting with Hunter Hansen, last year as a freshman, played varsity, played running back, ended up being third in rushing yards with 368 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Kidd is a speedster who has clocked some impressive track times along with a 4-6-40 as a freshman. Uh, He'll be key to this offense. They'll be looking to replace uh, some much-needed production. He's also a pretty tough runner, for his size as well so look to him to be at least a contributor for this offense possibly a lead back. Um, The only reason I'm not saying a lead lead back is because they're also returning Dawson Everett. As a junior, he was very productive with the few carries he got. Only getting 17 carries but rushing for 273 yards. Also caught four receptions for 59 yards and three receiving touchdowns. Uh, And then at safety, he got 16 tackles and a pick. Look to him to contribute his speed on defense uh, as a senior as well. And so you got those two guys at running back. I mean, i'm sure they're gonna do some sort of running back by committee thing you know if not maybe something similar to what they did last year i'm sure they'd love to have a pocket quarterback though and uh you know work around that but for now they have two stud running backs to build around that could definitely carry this offense plus a lot more so there you go uh In addition, they also have Will Reeves. As a sophomore, he was one of the lead tacklers for this defense with 81 tackles and 3 sacks at middle linebacker. Look for him to be a big contributor on defense uh this year as a junior uh also was the lead receiver for this run heavy offense with 132 receiving yards and two touchdowns just wanted to throw that out there but another two-way athlete that res is returning and then last but not least we have grant appleby here he got touches in the backfield running for 199 yards and two touchdowns majority of those came in the game against university where he rushed for 100 yards and two touchdowns uh he was also key for the defense at cornerback getting 59 tackles two sacks and two picks he will be a key part of this defense and i'm sure he will see a bigger role in this offense and so even though they're losing some studs here you know they got guys to replace them they got guys on defense that have experience as an underclassman and so they're bringing that into their next season here uh as a starter which is always a good thing to bring back experience and so there you go there let's talk about the record or, you know, let's predict their 2022 season and go game by game. Starting with the first game of the season against Moffitt County. And by the way, I'm recording this as of July 29th. And so if the schedule, for some reason, updates between now and when you're listening to this, just keep that in mind. But they play Moffat County to start the season. I think this is going to be a dub. Moffat County, they have an elite back in Avinakin. But when it comes down to it, honestly, I trust his defense to take care of business and at least challenge him. You don't have to completely stop him, but I think they could definitely throw what they have at him and slow him down. Uh, And so when it comes down to it, I think this defense could take care of business. Along with this res rushing attack, I trust them to do their job. Help kind of control the pace of the game so that Evan Atkin isn't just running all over them. And, you know, that way they could also give their defense a little bit of a break while they're on the field. So definitely a winnable game for Resurrection Christian here against Moffat County. After that, they have three games. Where they play three teams from out of state. I believe one of these games. uh, They're going to travel down to Texas. And then these next two. Are going to be home games. And so. uh, The next game. That they're going to play after Moffat County. Is against Orangewood Christian. They're from Florida. Um, This is a program on the 1A level in Florida. They're kind of a prep school and all that. And I I looked into their program. Just briefly here. I mean they're losing their entire backfield. I mean is as well. But honestly I trust them to represent Colorado res that is go ahead and get a dub against this orange Christian or orange Christian excuse me team so there you go there after that they play a team called Buffalo from Wyoming uh, there's not a lot to go off of on this team since they have no stats and couldn't find a lot of film but I'm just going to go ahead and predict this one as a win for Rez, especially if they're on a roll here, beating teams like Moffat County, beating an out-of-state team. They should have confidence going into this game. Plus, it's going to be at home. So go ahead and pack those stands, you know, all those Res fans and uh, Colorado high school football fans and uh, see, you know, Colorado talent dominate teams from other states. So... There you go there. I think I'm gonna predict that one as a dub. Then last but not least, they play St. John uh, team from Katy, Texas. I'm familiar with this team here. Uh, Well, I'm familiar with most Texas teams here as KD is kind of a a little bit of a a hotbed for talent there in Texas. And honestly, luckily enough, this is another out-of-state team that, in my opinion, is just not very good. They play in the lower levels, they play in the prep leagues, so they play other private schools and all that. And in Texas, I mean... This is just my opinion, but you know it's not exactly Southlake Carroll or Westlake or Allen or all that stuff. And so they should be able to take care of business here, you know, and win this game. Should be an easy dub against a team that is losing their entire backfield, just like Orangewood Christian. But it is gonna be away. There's gonna be traveling. You gotta keep that in mind. And so this might be a flippable game here. To be fair with you, but. I'm just I'm just considering all of those traveling things uh, that you got to keep in mind when you do go out of state and play teams from out of state. So there you go to start the season. I really have Reds going four and zero. I think that is pretty realistic. There would be surprised if they split it, go two and two. But you know that's just me. After that, they play Roosevelt, which is a heck of a welcoming to 3A here. This will be a good tra- challenge for Rez, though. Um, you know They'll be prepping for this game after playing those th- three out-of-state teams. And like I said, Roosevelt's going to give them a proper welcome. That is a powerhouse here in 3A. And they're a very versatile team offensively and de- defensively. Honestly, I think this is going to be a very difficult game for them to win if they can't pass the ball. And so I'm going to give it to Roosevelt for now. Um, You know, I'm going to favor them and give this loss to Rez. We'll see if they develop a passing game, what they decide to do at quarterback and all that stuff. Uh, But for now, you know, I'm just going to go with what I have, what's established right now, and I'm going to give them the loss. Should be a competitive game. I don't think Roosevelt's going to straight up blow them out. At least they shouldn't. So there you go. After that, they play Severance, uh, the other team, moving up from 2A to 3A. Last year's game was relatively close, and I think it'll be closer this year, but this time, I think Severance avenges their loss from last year and goes ahead and wins this one. Like I said, it'll be close, but... Uh, you know, and here's, here's, here's my scenario for Rez winning here. If this Severance offense is a not clicking, then I think Rez wins. If they are clicking, then it's going to be a very difficult game for Rez to win because Severance's strength is definitely their defense. They're returning a bunch of studs, a lot of size there. And so that's going to be tough for Rez to handle, especially since they are losing a couple players that, you know, did what they could to handle all of that. And so, should be a competitive game here, a close one. But I'm gonna give this one to Severance. Uh, this is probably another flippable game. Uh, there you go. So after that, they play Mountain View. Go ahead and take care of business there. I don't. I'd be surprised if they lose to them. So there you go. Then they play Northridge. I'm going to predict this one as a loss. This is another 3A team. Uh, that's a contender, not just like, oh, they're okay, but I think they're a legitimate contender. Their team that could legitimately, at least, Go to State maybe even win it so we'll see there it's gonna be another hard fought game the defense will definitely need to match the strength of this Northridge offense and find ways to stop them because offensively I think Rez will have a little bit more trouble finding ways to get it done if they can't get a passing game to open up this Russian game even more. Uh, even then, I'm still going to call this one a toss-up because I like this Res defense. And, you know, I like them in general. I think they'll probably be a top-five, top-ten unit here in 3A, and that might even be a little controversial. But that's just my belief, you know, knowing what they have over there, knowing the coaching staff. And so, even though they'll have a good defense, I think offensively this team's going to have to find ways to match Northridge uh, and their firepower because they have a lot of it. So there you go. After that they played Thompson Valley. they should beat Thompson Valley to end the season. And so my predicted record for Resurrection Christian is six and three with the window of wins anywhere between six and eight. Uh, Res uh, is transitioning to 3A and it should be a smooth transition and they should make the playoffs. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, No matter how it looks and whatnot, I think they should at least make the playoffs. Uh, Their out-of-state comp, in my opinion, is on the level of Rez, if not even lower. And I favor them in those matchups, not just because I'm biased, but just looking at the rosters and all that. I think Rez definitely has a bit of an advantage returning so many players with experience. I played at a high level against a very good talent last year. So, you know, there you go there. And then after that stretch, uh, through the next part of their season against Roosevelt, Severance, Northridge, it will be key to seeing where this team stands on the 3A level. Whether they're just a contender or just a playoff team, we'll see there. I think there's a good chance they win two of those three matchups, but not sweep. This res defense will carry this team, as they should be very strong in my opinion. And they got a lot of speed and talent skill-wise on offense there as well. But we'll see how strong this offense is, because that's probably my biggest concern. Just seeing, you know, how well they do, and who really steps up for this squad. Alright, let's move on though, and let's talk about the next team here, Berthoud. Last year had a tough year, went 1-8. Only dub they had was at the beginning of the season against Fort Lupton. 36-6. After that, they went on a pretty insane losing streak here. Losing to Olympard 28-6. Thompson Valley in a close one, 16-13. Platte Valley 41-21. Rez 45-0. Severance 40-0. The Academy 35-6. University 37-25. And then Eden 38-7. So a pretty tough year. Uh, They are graduating some key players here, including Jaden Hedelius. He had 53 receptions for 589 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns doing his part there You also had 48 tackles and grabbed two picks to lead the team at safety so that's a tough one they're also losing tanner coble i want to say tanner here had 54 tackles at outside linebacker and was the lead tackler for this team here as well In addition, they're losing Garrett Glasser, uh, the 6-foot, 225-pound defensive end slash offensive tackle. Had 40 tackles and two sacks, being second in sacks there. And then altogether, Berthet is losing six of their top 11 tacklers. So not too many. I mean, they're still returning a good chunk of their defense, but they're definitely losing some key players here. Now, key players to look out for for this year. Darren Davidson as a first-year starter at quarterback, he threw for 1,090 yards and 7 touchdowns to a whopping 17 interceptions with a 46% completion rating. Despite having some productive games against Platte Valley and Thompson Valley, he should look to be more efficient way more efficient this next year in order for this team to take a step forward and he'll be a junior this year so there really won't be too many excuses i mean you know last year he was it was his first year he was an underclassman whatever you know this year he's got to take steps forward first start by throwing more touchdowns than picks then get to that two to one ratio then that three to one ratio if he could take steps like that you know, be better than last year while matching that 1,090 yards, that's pretty solid while matching that, if not more, it should be more, then I think Bertha's going to be in a pretty good spot here. Uh, speaking of underclassmen, we have Jaden Noor. He was a freshman of the year candidate for us. He rushed for 353 yards and five touchdowns, the majority of that coming against University in Eden, actually, and very good University and Eden teams. Against University, he rushed 26 times for 214 rushing yards and 3 rushing touchdowns, getting the hat trick there. Then against Eden, he rushed for 98 yards and a touchdown. Look for him to take over more as the lead back and be leaned on much more. Also, at 13 tackles at corner, just wants to throw that out there. But, you know, that's a very promising. Those games happen at the end of the season. We'll see if they lean on him a little bit more, considering the success he had against top tier two way teams. Then you have Evan Sauget here. I uh, apologize if I say that wrong, but as a junior, caught 15 receptions for 326 yards and a touchdown. Actually, as the lead receiver, and so look for him to take another step forward with his quarterback, Davidson, here. And for him to be the lead guy again this year. They already have that chemistry, so there you go. And then last but not least, want to talk about the defense here real quick. We have Ben Hughes, at outside linebacker. He was a top tackler, uh, one of the top tacklers as a junior, snagging 47 tackles and a sack. Will be a top tackler returning from last year going to this year. And looking to be one of the leaders not only of this defense but of the program as well. And so a little bit of a younger team from last year. now they're older they're more mature you know I'm looking for steps forward here and that's kind of what I'm projecting and so let's go ahead and predict the record talk about this 2022 season all right so before we do that I actually recorded the whole segment really the whole episode before I realized that Bertha is actually losing two really important players that I just talked about there I'm gonna keep that segment in so you can know how important they are but they will not be having their quarterback Darren Davidson it appears that he has transferred And they won't have their freshman standout, Jaden Noor, uh, because it appears he has transferred to Roosevelt as well. And so, both of those guys are big losses for this team. And so, I'm going to actually have to change my original predictions here. And so, just keep that in mind. Uh, Look to other guys to step up, though. I mean, I looked at their little roster here. It looks like they have a sophomore quarterback listed, uh, Skyler Stryker. I want to say, Uh, he might, he'll probably be the starter, you know, like I said, uh, he's just listed on the roster, he's the only quarterback listed on the roster, so keep that in mind, and then you also have Alex Larson as a sophomore, you know, he had some decent carries, One for 162 yards, two touchdowns, majority of that came on three carries on 72 yards and a touchdown performance against Woodland Park, so keep that in mind, and he also racked up 28 tackles, and so he'll be a pretty big part of that defense and maybe take a bigger uh part of that offense now that Jalen noir is gone and so just keep all of that in mind they are losing some guys and so the record is going to be different from uh, what i originally predicted it but let's go ahead and hop into this uh first game of the season they play timnith they're a new program i'm never gonna pick a new program against an established one they should be able to beat them Um, despite a chunk of their defense, you know, not being there, I think still so this defense is, uh, you know, experienced enough to go ahead and take care of this squad and hopefully this Bertha offense kind of finds their footing here to start the season. After that, they play Valley. Uh, Look, this will be a good opportunity for this offense to get their stuff together while still leaning on their defense. Could potentially be a close one, but I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, give birth to this one and have them take care of business here. Then they get Thompson Valley. Uh, This was really unfortunate because this was one of the few teams last year that uh, Davidson, their quarterback, had a great game against. And so... This one will be interesting, you know. I think they're still going to win it, but it might be a little bit closer, so we'll see. After that, they play Lamar. You know, this Lamar team, look, they're going to be very good. Uh, They're going to have some options at quarterback here, and I think that's going to mean the difference. Because both of the guys they have at quarterback, or the options they have at quarterback, played last year and found success last year. And so... That might be some trouble for Berthet if they don't have their quarterback. You know, up and going with a lot of confidence. So there you go. I think Lamar will win that one. After that, they play for Lupton. They should still beat them. You know, uh, this was another game that Davidson did well in. But I don't think they really need Davidson to win this game. I think the rushing attack needs to do their job. And then the defense could do the rest. So there you go. After that, they play Faith Christian. Look, before, I think I had this actually as a dub. But I'm going to go ahead and call this one a loss. Faith Christian, they are losing a lot uh, on offense. But their defense should still be strong. And so I kind of trust that Faith Christian defense to take care of this birthed offense here. Unless uh, Berthid can find a passing game. You know, it's kind of open things up a little bit here. I think I'm going to give this one a dub to Faith Christian and an L oh, to Berthid. After that, they play Eden. doesn't get easier. It's going to take a lot to beat the two-time champs, and I don't think they have it quite yet this year. So there you go. Same with the academy. I think the academy is returning a lot of offensive firepower. If Bertha gets into a shootout, I don't think they would fare really well. So there you go. Then they got Steamboat Springs. I mean, this is a team that, you know, is gonna be more explosive than people think. They're returning pretty much all the receivers, uh, starting quarterback, who's the younger brother of uh the quarterback from last year, and they do run the spread out there, and so regardless of who you put out there, they're gonna go ahead and be productive because that's what they do, and I think they can outshoot Berthid here. Um I think it it might be a winnable game for Berthid but i'm very i'm very nervous about their offense going up against another offense here you know obviously they'll be playing defenses and whatnot but i really think highly of this steamboat spring spread so there you go all together my predicted record for Berthoud. Is 4 and 5 with the window of wins anywhere between 3 and 5. Uh, so my <laughs> predictions didn't really change too much here. And that's because this Bertha team will just not be playing as hard of a schedule as last year. And so they get a couple, you know, breaks here uh, considering who they're losing and the playmakers they're losing. And so honestly. I think they should still win more than one game, just looking at their strength of schedule. But they're going to be below 500. And that's going to be because of, you know, some of the pieces they have around here. Uh, they do, they are bringing back some of their core. But losing a guy like Darren Davidson, Jaden Orr, those are really big losses. And so, you know, this record, uh, it's, it's going to hurt a little bit uh, without them because before i had them kind of finishing closer to 500 and so we'll see you know i'm looking to the seniors and the defense and returning uh, varsity players to really pull this thing together but they should definitely improve on last year just based on this schedule so there you go all right now let's move on here and talk about the next team and that's the academy out of westminster Last year, went 5 and 4 just barely missed the playoffs. Uh, they started the season with dubs over Fort Lupton, 35-18, uh, beat the Pinnacle 55-0, Ken Denver 42-21, Prospect Ridge Academy 49-0. Then they lost to Eden 42-6, lost to University in a relatively close one, 41-28. Then they beat Berthoud 35-6. Then they lost to Rez 43-13 and lost to Severance 49 19 now let's talk about some players that they're losing starting with riley silas he was the third leading rusher on this team with 311 yards and two touchdowns he's also a lead tackler with 86 tackles 17 tackles for loss and four sacks was the second tackler second lead tackler and second sack leader on this team i believe They're also losing Jalen Bliss. He was the third leading receiver in yards and leader in receiving touchdowns, going for 19 receptions for 252 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. And then they're losing Ryan Petrick. He was a starting DB, who was third in tackles with 80 and was the lead interception uh, leader with a two. And on top of that, just as an overview, the Academy, they're only losing. Three of their top 11 tacklers, I talked about most of them right here, so there you go there. Now they're returning some very key players here, starting with their quarterback Isaiah Elliott. He was an Offensive Playmaker of the Year candidate for us, I believe, who passed for 1,519 passing yards, 16 touchdowns to only 7 picks, while also rushing for 591 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. As a senior, he's looking to build upon his success from last year. You know, he was a very good dual threat. Definitely somebody that you had to game plan for. Then we have Jay Donahue here. He was the second leading rusher next to Isaiah Elliott, who was the lead rusher. And uh, Donahue here, he rushed for 515 yards and 10 touchdowns on only 78 carries. He should bring a lot of production going into his senior year. After that, you have Sean Smith. He was the lead receiver as a sophomore, going for 414 yards and 2 touchdowns on 28 receptions. Going into his junior year, look for him to do a lot of the same. Plus more, hopefully. Uh, Then you got Derek. I believe it's rail or I'm going to go with that. Apologize if I'm saying that wrong. But as a junior, he was the second leading receiver with 312 yards and two touchdowns on 18 receptions. Also contributed 47 tackles, 11 tackles for losses and one pick on defense. This two way player should be in for another productive senior season. Hopefully improving on those numbers there. And then last but not least, you have Corbin Miller. As a junior, he was the lead tackler for this defense with 93 tackles, a whopping 24 tackles for loss, and one sack At his middle linebacker position, he should turn up for the academy and lead a pretty experienced defense here. I mean, I think everyone knows about the offense of this academy team, but I think this defense is going to be real underrated. They're going to be able to take care of some teams that won't have as much experience on offense. Speaking of not a lot of experience, let's talk about their uh, regular season schedule here in 2022. Starting with Timnith, that's their first game of the season. Like I said uh, before, should be a dub. I'm not going to pick a newer program over an established program until I see what they could do here in the regular season. And so, uh, look, if uh, the Academy wants to be a contender, they should take care of business here. No ifs, ands, or buts. And after that, they play Elizabeth. That should be a dub. This is a team that is uh, missing a lot on defense, and I think the academy team should be able to take advantage of that with the explosive offense they have here, so there you go. Then they play Devlin here, uh, and I'm going to predict this one as a loss. This will be a close game as both of these teams are legitimately similar, you know, with what they're returning. But I'm giving it to the other team uh, because I think their defense is just going to be better. And that will mean the difference here. And so this will be a toss-up game or feel like a toss-up game. uh, And it's also going to feel like a playoff game. This is going to be an intense game between two very good teams who should make the playoffs this year, honestly. And so it could go either way. But I like the pass rushers that Devlin has a, a little bit more here. Just a little bit more, not a lot, than the academy. After that, they play Delta. I think that's a dub. This will be a close game against a talented quarterback and a team that were explosive last year. But that Delta team, they're losing uh, Horn, who really turned up for them last year and was, you know, an established player for that team. But they got a running back in Carrillo back there. And so I still trust this academy offense to outshoot this Delta team if it comes down to it, who's just not returning as many players on defense as them as well and so you know delta they're losing a couple players i'm sure they're going to find ways to replace them but for now i'm going to favor the academy in this one this offense they got to put their foot down and really really put their foot on their necks if they want to win this one and not miss out on opportunities then after that you got faith christian i'm predicting this one is a dub for the academy they should be able to take care of a team that is losing The majority of their offense, of their core there. And then losing their top uh, linebacker in Cody Connor, who was one of our top senior linebackers from last year. So there you go. Then they play for Lupton. Take care of business there. After that, they got Berthoud. Should take care of business there. This might be an explosive game here. I talked about it on the last segment. Uh, Could be closer. Could be close. But I'm going to give this one to the Academy here. They got experience, and uh, and they got experience playing well too, so that matters as well. After that, they play Eden, and I think this could be a closer game, but Walker Martin uh, absolutely torched this academy team last year, uh, along with uh, Zach Grable and Ryder True, who also scored in that game, in that blog game, and so... You know, they're going to have to game plan for them. And they're going to have to play them very, very well. Top of that, Eden, as always, have a good defense. And so, I'm going to give this one to the defending champs. Um, the Academy should be able to put up a fight. You know, but we'll, we'll see what that final score is at the end and all that. Altogether, though, my predicted record for the Academy is 7-2 and two, with a window of wins anywhere between 7-9. and nine. I would not be surprised if they went undefeated. And with that being said, I legit think this is a team that will make the playoffs and will be... A a contender here in 2A. Uh, Solely because of their offense. You know I think this offense will be a next level offense. Hopefully if they all take steps forward. And then defensively they're returning a lot of experience. And they should be able to find a way to get it done. Led by Corbin Miller. And so that all that results into a very dangerous academy team. That should be able to win some of these games. They do have a little bit of an easier schedule. At least compared to last year. That doesn't change the fact that they're talented, they got a quarterback, and they got a defense. Usually, that's a pretty good recipe for success in football. So, we'll see what the academy does. All right, now moving on, though, let's go ahead and talk about University High School. Last year, it went 5 4 in the regular season, but 2 1 in playoffs. They made a run here caught fire they're an electrifying team to watch so let's talk about their season to start they beat Kent Denver 31-12 Manitou Springs 43-0 Valley 42-6 then they lost to Eagle Valley in double overtime 38-26 then they lost to Severance 34-13 after that they bounced back and beat the Academy 41-28 Lost to Eden in a close one, 27-20. I was actually at this game. Uh, This was the only game all season where, you know, a team had a lead over Eden going into the second half. So that was kind of big. Or sorry, going into the fourth quarter. And so that was pretty big there. Keep an eye out for that one. That storyline would matter down the line here. After that, they beat uh, Berthet 37-25. Lost to Rez 41-14. And then in the playoffs, here's how it went down beat Moffitt County in an upset 28-14, upset Delta 28-14 in the playoffs again, and then they went to Eden and just lost to the defending champs 39-24 in a very hard-fought battle that started as a shootout, uh, eventually slowed down near the end there, but the defending champs were able to pull this one out. And so, a very memorable season for University, being so close to going to state. This was definitely a team that I would have loved to see face-seeded in state, but unfortunately, uh, they just ended up on the same side of the bracket, and that's how things go sometimes. Now, let's talk about some graduating seniors, starting with Greg Garza. Uh, He was an MVP slash, you know, Offensive Playmaker of the Year candidate for us, who broke records for University, throwing for 2,589 yards, 27 touchdowns and 9 picks while rushing for 404 yards and 17 rushing touchdowns it's not every day you have an exceptional player like Garza come through and just catch fire like that that's going to be a huge loss that's not going to be easy to uh you know replicate or bring back by any means after that you have Cannon Padilla here Uh, He's somebody that probably should have made our top five senior list as a wide receiver and I believe he was also an MVP candidate. At receiver, he led the team with 892 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns on 61 receptions. He was also the starting safety for this team uh, slash DB. He also had 78 tackles and a state high eight interceptions. This is another huge loss for the team. As if the losses weren't big enough, they get slightly bigger here with Tate Chacon. The 6'4 receiver was the second leading guy uh, on this team as far as receptions, receiving yards go. With 49 receptions for 790 receiving yards and 9 touchdowns. He was kind of that jump ball physical receiver on the outside. He came up with some very clutch possession catches uh, in the games that I did see for university. His production will be very difficult to replace. And then last but not least, I want to talk about this defense real quick. They're losing Jack Virgil here. Uh, He was one of the top middle linebackers in the state who got 98 tackles and was the leader for this team in tackles. Uh, Losing this much production on defense and their lead is yet another huge blow to this team. On top of that, just as an overview, this defense is losing six of their top 11 tacklers. That includes Jack Virgil here. Now, here's some key players that should step up for University going into this season. Uh, Logan Getting played receiver for them last year. He was a big body receiver. Uh, He will be the starting quarterback for University. He went for 501 receiving yards and four touchdowns. Obviously, he can't throw to himself, so that production is lost. But you know and plus he was one of the taller receivers for this team so you're kind of losing that mismatch as well but you're putting a great athlete at quarterback you know who could definitely run and you know potentially air it out a very well considering he did play receiver he knows how receivers work and all that stuff obviously and so playing quarterback shouldn't be overly difficult for them you know he should be able to do some things here as an athlete at quarterback Aside from him, you also have Paxton Daggett. Uh, He will be one of the most productive receivers returning for his junior year. Last year, he had 14 receptions for 241 yards and a touchdown. This year, he has the potential to compete for the number one receiving option spot here. So there you go. Then you have Keon Baxley. He'll be a big part of the linebacker core and defense returning. As he had 74 tackles, 16 tackles for losses and three sacks last year. You know, uh, he'll be a big part of that defense that should be pretty solid, led by him. He's also 6'4 and will bring some size to that receiving core as he is a receiver as. Well, And then last but not least, we got Chase Heck. The 6'4", 225-pound middle linebacker will be returning. Last year, he had 49 tackles and 3 tackles for losses. This year, should be the lead guy. Now that Jack Virgil is gone, he will be a big part of the defense that is returning. And he will be able to do his thing over there. And if not replicate the production he had last year, do a lot better as well. So there you go. Now, let me go ahead and predict this 2022 season for University here. Um, Against Delta, I think this is going to be a loss. This offense is going to be a big question mark for University. I want to see how well Logan Getting does at quarterback first and, you know, who steps up at receiver. And so I think for now, I have Delta avenging their playoff loss and a winning This is definitely still a winnable game though as Delta is losing their lead back Uh, Timothy Horn who you know did his thing against uh, University last year and so without him it's going to be pretty much all on Ty Reed and so we'll see what this defense could do as well but I'm going to trust Ty Reed and the company to go ahead and win this one uh, to start the season here. After that, they play Eden, and it doesn't get easier here. In fact, it gets a lot harder. You know, Eden, they're the defending state champs, and I really don't have them losing to any team here. Not just university, but any team, period. This is going to be a tough matchup for our relatively inexperienced offense. I mean, we saw what an experienced offense could do to Eden last year. They drew blood and showed it was possible. But, going into this year, you have a first-year starter at quarterback. You have a pretty inexperienced wide receiving core. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll definitely see what happens. This should be uh, telling of where University is kind of at. Um, kind of. So, we'll see. After that, though, they play Elizabeth. I think they get the dub here. This is a team that they should be able to beat and take care of business against. they play Highland. They're a 1A team. Um, Despite being a 1A team, they're very good. They're very solid. And so I trust University to get their offense together by this point in the season and go ahead and beat this 1A team here uh, that's going to try to control the line of scrimmage, control the ball, control the pace of the game, and all that. I think University, they go ahead and uh, they stop that, and they do their thing on offense. After that, they play Timnith. Um... Like I've been saying, you know, I'm going to predict this one as a dub, you know, and even then, University has a lot more experience than them, and they should be able to take care of them. Then they play Wild Central, they should take care of business here, win this one. After that, they play Sterling. This should be a dub. This Sterling team is rebuilding. And uh, University, you know, they are losing some players, but they're not really in rebuild mode. So they should get the dub here. And so my predicted record, this is based on their schedule as of July 29th, is 5-2. I'm giving University a window of wins anywhere between 5-7 and for this 2022 season. They will most likely add a couple more games uh, as we get closer to the season. So we'll see how that turns out. But I think at the very least, this university team wins uh, five games. And they have the potential of winning a lot more, obviously, depending on how Logan getting at quarterback turns out. There is the potential that he has an excellent year. Maybe not quite like Greg Garza. But he could still have a dominant season in his own way with a little bit of a different style here. If this offense is clicking, then they should be able to be well over 500 and make another run in the playoffs. And honestly, even then, I think this team is still probably a playoff team. Alright, let's move on though and talk about the other team that made it to state and that is Brush High School. Went 7-2 in the regular season, 3-1 in the playoffs. Here's how their season went. Started with a dub over George Washington, 41-13. Then they lost to Fort Morgan, 35-12. Uh, they would actually eventually be the 3A state champion, so not a bad loss there. Then they lost to Severance, 20-7. After that, beat Estes Park, 42-8. Beat Platte Valley, 41-0. Beat Valley, 61-14. Uh, got a dub because Sterling forfeited. After that, back in business, beating Fort Lupton 70-0, beat Weld Central 56-13, then in the playoffs here, beat Basalt 43-23, got a dub over Resurrection Christian, an upset playoff win, 21-17 in a close one, then uh, got another, I guess you could call this, an upset win over Severance in the playoffs, 35-18 35-18 in a relatively close one. Then they played Eden pretty close in state. Eden still won this game. Eden won 26-14. to 14, But Rush was not making it easy. They were trying to control the pace here and keep it as close as possible. Still though, had a very good season despite not winning state. They at least made it there. And they showed what they could do here. Now, here's some graduating seniors that they're definitely going to miss. That was a part of that core that made that run here, starting with their quarterback, Alejandro Matos Garcia. Uh, As a starting quarterback, threw for 964 yards, uh, 16 touchdowns and 7 picks, while rushing for 269 yards and 8 touchdowns. Also was a starting safety and had 36 tackles. Just want to give him a big shout-out. Good friend of the podcast and all that we've communicated, so there you go. Uh, They're also losing their starting running back, Caesar Hinojos. He was the lead rusher going for 1,160 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns while catching six receptions for 236 yards and three touchdowns. That's a ton. While also contributing 74 tackles, 64 sacks, and two picks as the starting defensive end. At least that's what he's listed on max preps. And then on top of that, they're losing Caden Moriarty at tight end. He was the lead receiver with 25 receptions, 384 receiving yards, and 8 receiving touchdowns. That's half the touchdowns that Maltos Garcia threw. Uh, He also had 106 tackles and 2 picks from his starting safety spot. On top of that, Rush is losing 6 of their top 11 tacklers. That's a pretty good chunk of their defense now let's talk about some players that are returning though uh, that did play and contributed to this state championship appearance team starting with ty griffith as a junior he was one of the lead rushers for this group going for 602 yards nine touchdowns on 82 carries while also racking up 71 tackles and being one of the top tacklers for this defense Look for him to have more of a breakout season as a senior as he will be leaned on both on offense and defense. Then we have Kale Stegner at defensive end. He went for 52 tackles and 4 sacks. He will be a big contributor returning for this defense here. The last but not least, you got Cole Curtis. He will be a returning lineman on defense. He got 43 tackles and will be a big time returner for this offensive line that grinded out teams last year. So... There you go, though. You got a little bit of the core returning here. Not a ton, but you got something to work with. And I think they're going to make this work. Uh, considering, you know, the scheme they run, they like to run the ball, they could replace some running backs there. Uh, it will be tough replacing their quarterback, but at the very least they could replace the running backs. Then on defense, they're very well coached, but they got some pieces to work around that have experience. So just keep all that in mind. So to start their season, they play Wiggins. I'm going to predict this one as a dub. Uh, Their scheme won't change much, but their defense will get a challenge from a top one 8 offense. I'm going to go ahead and trust this team to, you know, control the ball, control the tempo of the game. And that'll help out the defense here while also trusting the defense to find a way to get it done. Get some pressure on Colker and not allow him to throw all over them or run all over them because that could happen too. Um, But this will be a pretty solid challenge for Brush here. Maybe a game they could lose to. I wouldn't be overconfident going into this game. So there you go. But I'm giving them the dub, though. After that, they play Arvada. There should be a dub. Wasn't the greatest program last year. And so this offense should be able to take care of them. Ty Griffith and company should be able to run on them. Then they play Sterling. The Sterling team will be rebuilding. We'll talk about Sterling in this episode, by the way. So just keep an eye out for that or an ear out for that. But uh, Brush, they're returning some pieces from their championship or championship appearance team from last year. And so I think they should. that should be enough to beat this Sterling team. That is just lacking. Then they play Wild Central. This is another team that, you know, they should take care of business against. They blew them out last year. While I don't think they'll blow them out quite the same way or beat them the same way, they should still be able to take care of business, though. After that, they play Timnith. i um, going to be honest, this might be a trap game. You know, I've seen some of the t- talent they have over there. We'll see how the coaching and how the team comes together as the season goes on. But I'm still going to trust that this Rush team is well-coached. And since their returning experience from their state championship appearance last year, they should be able to take care of a Timnith team that is going to be playing virtually all underclassmen. So there you go. And so my predicted record for Brush here, based off the schedule I have as of July 29th, is 6-0. I'm going to go ahead and give them a window of wins anywhere between 6-8. and Brush will be playing an easier schedule this year, at least in my opinion, relatively easier. On top of that, they are returning players from last year's team who contributed and are now looking to take over as the lead guys at their respective positions. This rushing attack is simple enough where you could plug some players in as long as you could control the line of scrimmage. Uh, You know, you could plug some running backs in and they'll give you something, you know. And then defensively, they'll need to mature as they do have some pieces, but once they play better teams in their league, it could be a problem if their defense isn't as Disciplined or ready, but I think they should be good enough to make the playoffs regardless. Now, making a run at state, we'll see, we'll see how this defense comes along and uh, who else steps up on offense. But this brush team, at the very least, should make the playoffs. All right, let's move on and talk about Fort Lupton here. Had a tough season last year, went one and eight, lost to berth at uh 35 6, the academy 35 18, beat us to Spark though, and a close one 39 38. After that, they lost the rest of their games this season, losing to Elizabeth 61-0, Valley 34-23 in a close one, Uh, lost to Weld Central in another close one, 14-6, lost Flat Valley 42-11, brush 70-0, and then Sterling 27-12. They do have some graduating seniors here, Sergio Hernandez, he had 263 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, also contributed 39 tackles at linebacker. He was the second lead rusher and second leading tackler. They're also losing Dylan Jaramillo. Uh Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, but he had 30 tackles. Also started on the line. But And then in addition to that, they're losing Isaac Rodriguez. He rushed for 130 yards and a touchdown while catching 152 yards on 15 receptions as well. Also contributed 28 tackles. Altogether, Fort Lupton losing four of their top 11 tacklers, uh, including the guys I just talked about here. Now, they do have some key players that could turn the ship around for them. Starting with their quarterback, William Alvarado. He threw for 900 yards, five touchdowns and 13 picks, while rushing for 595 yards and six touchdowns. I know he's not working with a lot. You know especially with that line they're a little bit weaker there but he could definitely still be a little bit more efficient and that could be good for a team. This will be his senior year so we'll see what he could do there but it's obvious that he could throw the ball and run a little bit here as well and so hopefully he gets more efficient and it gets better and see those numbers jump up a bit which should help out this offense. Then you got Danny Rodriguez. He was the top receiver, having uh, 14 receptions for 285 yards and two touchdowns. He will be returning with Alvarado in the hopes of having a big senior year. And then last but not least, we have Joseph Gallegos. He had nine receptions for 203 yards and a touchdown, uh, while also contributing 24 tackles. Look for him to potentially step up as a senior. So those are the guys to look out for for Fort Lupton. Let's go ahead and predict the record go game by game here for this 2022 season. Starting with Wheat Ridge. Uh, I'm going to predict this one as a loss. This team played 4A last year and had a very hard time. Now they're 3A and they're going to be playing a 2A team here in Fort Lupton. This should be a lot more competitive Wheat Ridge team compared to last year and so I'm could not just say it could potentially be close but honestly it may look like the programs are in similar spots on paper compared to last season but I think Wheat Ridge goes ahead and wins this one as uh, they are they should be ahead of Fort Lupton at least in my opinion uh, playing 3A ball but now you know playing a 2A team here After that, you got Lamar, and I'm going to predict this one as a loss. This Lamar team has some size up front, along with a a talented quarterback room. I think this Fort Lupton team may struggle scoring with them. Um, Like If they were to go back and forth, they may struggle there. And so I'm going to trust Lamar winning this one. After that, they play Wild Central, and I'm going to predict this one as a dub. Wild Central is losing a lot on offense, and this will be an opportunity for this Fort Lupton team to go out and shine. Uh, against them so there you go then they play Valley I'm predicting this one as a loss it's gonna be a close game Go now that Gio Mendoza is gone because uh, he had a very good game against this team I believe but this offense cannot make bad mistakes like it did last year if they want to win this game they have to play a clean game in order for them to get a chance to beat this Valley team and so this could probably go either way but I'm gonna give this one to Valley though even though they do have chances of beating them. It could be a toss-up game. After that, they play Berthid. I mean, they got beat by them last year. You could probably expect a little bit of the same since they're returning a good amount of their core. Then they play Eden and the Academy. I think both of those are losses um, just because both of those teams will be very good. uh, Top-tier playoff teams here in 2A, and I just don't think Fort Lupton is quite there yet. Then they got Steamboat Springs. I think this is going to be a loss. Uh, The offense that Steamboat may be boasting has a lot of potential. I think by this point in the season, they will realize that potential and be great. And so that will be a handful for Fort Lupton. After that, they play Faith Christian. Um, I'm going to predict this one as a loss for Fort Lupton. They are losing guys. uh, Faith Christian, that is. They are losing guys like Cody Connor, but their defense will still be solid. Altogether, my predicted record for Fort Lepton is one and eight with a window of wins anywhere between zero and four. Look, this Fort Lepton team has potential on offense. But their defense will need to make a jump in order to be competitive with most teams here in 2A. Also the size they will have up front is definitely concerning to me. And honestly I'm not so sure how well they'll fare against bigger teams like in Eden. Now if the offense is playing at a high level I can't see them getting close to 500. I will give them that as they do have talent there like I said. But this is a team sport and so we'll see what happens with Fort Lupton. Alright, let's move on here and let's talk about a team that was in the Patriot League last year. But will be the second team moving on from the Patriot League to 3A. And that is Severance High School. Uh, last year had a very successful season. Won 7-2 in the regular season. 2-1 in the playoffs. Uh, here's how it went down. Beat Devlin 54-0. 9-watt 27-2. Platte Valley in a close one. 17-14. Uh, beat Brush who would go to state 20-7. Uh, beat University 34-13, berthed 40-0. Then they lost kind of a closer one to Rez, 24-14. And Then I went to this next game against Eden. They lost to them 31-0, but they had their chances. You know, there were a couple goal line stands that just did not go their way on fourth down, uh, which mattered at the end. So there you go. Then they played the Academy, beat them 49-19 to cap the regular season. In the playoffs, beat Platte Valley 35 to 7. Then I went to this playoff game against TCA. Uh, they had a top-tier offense, arguably the best offense in the entire state. They shut that down and beat them 37 to 21. The offense for Severns played extremely well in that game, and then they played Brush, lost to them 35 to 18 in a relatively close one, just short of state. Keep in mind, this was a severance program that was in its third year. Now it's going into its fourth year. Uh, Still graduated some seniors last year, though, that uh, contributed a lot, including Jake Short. He was the lead rusher with 564 yards and nine rushing touchdowns. They're also losing trevin hole who will be playing for Adam State. He was the lead receiver, catching 828 uh, receiving yards for eight receiving touchdowns, including a big playoff uh, performance against TCA, where he was just unguardable there. And then on defense, he also had 71 tackles and two picks, so that's a pretty tough loss. Then they're losing Caden Donovan. He's a guy that. I argued to be on the top five senior safeties list, and he probably is one of those guys. Now that uh, we go back and look at it, you can thank Cody for that one. But he'll be going to Adams State. (laughs) And um, like I said, he's a top five talent from last year. Uh, He's not an easy player to replace by any means. But as a receiver, he also caught 26 balls for 586 yards and eight touchdowns being kind of a big deal there at safety had 114 tackles and six picks was kind of the enforcer back there being a hard hitter so that's a very tough loss for severance then they're also losing reese gazdick he was an absolute beast at linebacker getting 116 tackles eight sacks and five picks as an all-around contributor on defense Um, So it sounds like they're losing a lot on defense, but in reality, they're only losing four of their top 11 tacklers. Most of those guys are the ones I just mentioned there. And so they're pretty much bringing back the core of their defense that dominated last year and probably could have dominated some 3A teams last year as well. And so, like I said, keep in mind, this is a defense that will be playing 3A ball now, but they're going to be led by. By their lead linebacker here, Colby Runner. He was a lead tackler as a junior with 124 tackles, 21 tackles for losses, and 7.5 sacks. Absolute menace on defense. Look for him to lead this defense into 3A and command one of the strongest defenses here on the 3A level. So a big time returner there, but here's another even bigger time returner in Dominic Butts. The 6'5, 235-pound defensive tackle. That's what he's listed on Max Preps. Uh, as a junior, went for 76 tackles and then led the team in sacks with 14 and a half sacks. With his long arms, he's gonna be difficult to block, and he should be an absolute unit on the 3A level. He will be a game changer for them up front. Then you have Parker Gazdick. At linebacker, he racked up 66 tackles, but was huge in the past defense game, racking up 7 interceptions. He will be a big-time contributor on defense, especially now that the likes of Caden Donovan and Trevin Hall are gone. In addition, you got Brady Varney as a sophomore, the 6'5", 220-pound defensive end, gained 52 tackles, 13 tackles for losses, and was second in sacks on the team, obviously to Dom Butts here. Uh, With 9.5 sacks, look for him and Dom to dominate opposing teams and the trenches here. So there you go. That's the core of the defense returning for severance that should be extremely dominant up front. Um, but on offense, you got some guys here. You got Nolan Hurtsky and Jaden Hoffman wanted to shout both of these guys out. Hurtsky, uh, the senior, Hoffman, the junior. Both of these quarterbacks got playing time last year with Nolan, you know, dominating the snap count, going for 1,413 yards and 14 touchdowns to six picks, while Jaden did get in, especially near the end of the season, and threw for 467 yards, five touchdowns to two picks. Notably Jaden was switched in a couple of times during their playoff run against TCA he was switched in which was really interesting it looked like uh, they're splitting snaps at quarterback there pretty evenly and so regardless of who gets the start and plays the majority of these games um, these guys will need to show that they can't be more than a game manager which is what we saw last year I I saw I was able to see that they're able to manage a game not make too many mistakes. Being a game manager, in my opinion, at quarterback is the minimum. If they want to win state and make a deep run in the playoffs and beat playoff teams, they got to make plays, period. They just got to make plays, you know. And so uh, looking to both of them to improve as, you know, they've had an off season and a whole year to get ready and all that great stuff. And so we'll see who they roll out at quarterback. But they have two very good options or at least two solid options here. So there you go. Now, they are losing, uh, severance that is, they are losing their top receivers, but they have a receiver here that should be looking to break out going into only a sophomore year. And that is Jeremiah Hoffman. Like I said, with the receiving card depleted of its top two receivers, look to Hoffman here to step up. He was one of the only guys, um, one of the only 2A players actually, to make This team, full gorilla squad, that 7v7 squad that travels around the country and plays the best, made up of Colorado's best. Um, And he was one of the only two way guys to be there. I think he was the only two way. I think he was the only guy under 4A uh, at receiver to be there, if I'm not mistaken there. And he balled out against some of the best in the entire country. It's physically dominating competition with this style of play. He's a very physical receiver who's going to go ahead and make a play on you if given the opportunity. And so, in my opinion... I think he's going to be the next Tucker Peterson. Uh, Tucker Peterson, he is one of the premier wide receivers on the 3A level. Obviously plays for Roosevelt. Uh, He's been starting since he was a sophomore. And I see a lot of similarities between the two. Maybe not exactly the same game, but there's a lot of similarities. And so I think he's going to go into his sophomore year with a lot to prove. He's going to need to be confident in his abilities to truly take over as one of the primary scoring options for whoever plays quarterback uh, here for the Severance team. I'm just going to throw out there that they do have a junior uh, wide receiver who did get snaps and whatnot, but his stats are pretty similar to Hoffman. He, I I believe his name is Bobby Holt. Uh, He is another receiver to look out for to be a solid uh, receiving option as well. And so they got some players here who could ball out, but I'm really high on Jeremiah Hoffman here. I think he could go ahead and turn up. It will be really interesting to see if he gets to play with his brother at quarterback, but regardless, you know, he absolutely, Absolutely has to step up for this team uh, to be successful on the 3A level because 2A and 3A I think there are definitely teams that can make that switch but 3A ball is serious. You got some very very tough uh, home field advantages and you know you're going to have to be tough minded and you're going to have to be tough on the field. To play this great competition. And so, speaking of that great competition, let's go ahead and talk about their regular season, this 2022 season, and predict some games here. To start the season, they hit the ground running. With the matchup against Canyon City, I think this is going to be a dub. Uh, this is going to be a good test for a defense against a team that will spread it out and try to throw on this team. They got receivers there, you know, and they got a quarterback who could both run and throw. And so this is going to test the DBs of Severance uh, since they are losing a couple, and they're gonna. This is going to test those new DBs and see if they're ready or not. And it's also going to test the front seven and see how fast they could get to the quarterback. Honestly, I trust them to find a way to get it done, go ahead and find a way to, you know, stop this Canyon City offense, and then do some scoring of their own and win this thing. After that, they play Green Mountain. This should be a dub. This defense should be able to challenge and help shut down this run game that they have over there. This may be a game where the offense needs to help out the defense and score some points, like, you know, more than two touchdowns, as they are returning an experienced crew Green Mountain is, and so this could definitely be a dub for Green Mountain if this defense struggles, uh, and especially if this offense struggles, so there you go there. After that, doesn't get much easier, they play Mead. All I'm going to say is that they're lucky they're not playing last year's ME team that went to state because that was an extremely tough team. This year, this ME team, you know, they're pretty depleted here. They're going to have to have a couple players step up who haven't had a lot of varsity experience. And so this is going to be a very green mead team. And so for an experienced Severance team, they should be able to take care of this squad that will be physical with them regardless of who they trot out there because that's who Mead is. So I'm going to predict Severance winning this one, but Mead is going to try to beat you up. You got to come ready to hit. You got to come ready to be physical. You can't be complaining about calls and stuff like that. You got to just be ready to play some tough-nosed football here because that's what Meade is going to bring regardless of who they put out there. So there you go. Speaking of tough nose football, they get a rematch against Eden, who still will be in 2A, but they play Eden. I think this one's going to be a loss. This Eden team probably should have moved up to 3A, if I'm being completely honest, but... I'm just going to need to see more from this uh, Severance offense in order to feel good about them beating Eden. The defense, in my opinion, gave the offense some opportunities last year. Uh, I mean, they definitely could have given them more opportunities by stopping them on some of those fourth down tries. And But, you know, the offense didn't quite do as much as they could have. Last year against Eden and so they're gonna have to cash in on some opportunities. This offense is whenever they get him and we'll see when they do get him because this Eden offense. They're gonna be scoring as well. They're returning a pretty solid core over there, which we'll talk about later. I think this should be a close game, um, especially scoreboard wise. I feel like last year, you know, the game was close, but it didn't really reflect on the scoreboard. So there you go. After that, Severance plays Evergreen. I think this one's going to be a loss. It's another tough matchup. uh, But I think it'll be for the best here, though, if they lose this one. Uh, Or if they, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, it's a regular season game. But this Evergreen offense is looking good. You know, while the defense will be experienced as well. So, the Severance offense, they will need to score at least three times in order to beat this team. Should be a close one. Don't be surprised if we see the same matchup in the playoffs. I mean, Tommy Pacholsky, he's their quarterback for Evergreen. I believe he just got a PWO to Iowa, I want to say. He's a talented quarterback. He's also returning most of his skill players. And, you know, you got a defense as well. Plus, you got motivation after what happened last year and all that stuff. So... This is going to be a tough game for Sevens to win, and their offense absolutely needs to step up if they want to win this game, even if the defense plays a good game. So there you go. Then you have Thompson Valley. Should take care of business. This should be a dub. After that, you got Rez. This isn't the same Rez team from last year. Um, I mean, they're still going to have some defensive players and two running backs, so you got to prepare for them. But if they can't shut down that rushing attack, then I'm going to give this one to Severance here. Um, so there you go. After that, they play Roosevelt. And Roosevelt, they're not losing a lot from last year. They're extremely deep and talented. They are pretty much every year. They got some guys stepping up. Bronco and he'll be the quarterback there. Uh, you know, and plus they have a good defense and all these skill players. Plus Tucker Peterson, the best wide receiver in 3A. Plus the reigning 3A MVP, by the way. And so, this Severance team, they're going to have to put up a fight and force some turnovers here. And they're going to have to score to win this game, you know. Uh, This Roosevelt team, they could score and they could play defense. They're really versatile. So, this is going to be a tough game for them to to win here. And so, I'm going to predict this one as a loss. This could be another playoff matchup you could potentially see here. After that, they play Mountain View. Should take care of business. Beat them. And then, last game of the season they play Northridge this is another contender in 3A um there's a good chance this game will be close but we'll see what the vibes are at this point of the season whether this game will matter or not for the playoffs for either team, you know, there's a good chance that it probably won't affect uh, the standings and both teams are locked in. So we'll see. I'm just going to go ahead and predict this one as a loss though. This Northridge offense, they're going to be good. They got size on that front line that should be able to combat some of these uh, pass rushers for severance. And they do a good job communicating as well. They are returning an all-state lineman, uh, which happens to be their center, I believe. And so that's as good as any along with you know experienced players from last year and previous years so there you go that's going to be a tough game to win it's a winnable game though you know it's definitely a winnable game so we'll see but altogether, my predicted record for severance is six and four on the season with a window of wins anywhere between six and eight a couple of these games specifically against roosevelt northridge evergreen And Eden are very much winnable games in my opinion. My biggest question though would just be how productive will the Sevens team be in terms of scoring. Scoring on defense is great and I'm sure they're going to do it. But this offense will need to find a way to find something consistent in order to beat these top dogs in 2A and 3A. The Sevens team can definitely be a dark horse contender considering how talented this defense is and will be though but... Like I said, we just got to see who steps up on offense and, you know, how far developed are these quarterbacks and if they could be just a little bit more than game managers. So we will see. Let's move on, though. Let's talk about Platte Valley here. Last year went 6-3, 0-1 in the playoffs. So here's how the regular season went. Beat Strasburg 18-7. Lost to Severance in a close one, 17-14. Lost to Eden 32-0. Beat Berthet 41-21. Lost the brush 41-0. Beat Sterling 42-12. Fort Lupton 42-11. Weld Central 48-12. Valley 27-21. That stretch was good enough to get them in the playoffs where they lost to Severance again uh, 35-7. Here are some graduating seniors for Platte Valley starting with Devin Lahr. He was the backup quarterback pass for 399 yards, 4 touchdowns, 2 picks. But... More importantly, rushed for 485 yards, 5 touchdowns, also caught 28 receptions for 490 yards and 10 touchdowns. While racking up 88 tackles and 4 picks, he was the lead receiver and interception leader for this Platte Valley team. In addition, uh, they're also losing Logan Curtis. He was the lead back with 586 rushing yards, 7 rushing touchdowns, Also had 82 tackles and three and a half sacks, so that's a tough loss there. Uh, They're also losing Aaron Rios. Was the lead tackler with 113 and was second in sacks with four and a half. Then last but not least, they're losing Mark uh, Ramir here. He was their 6'4", 280-pound defensive tackle and offensive tackle. They racked up 63 tackles on defense. It's hard to... It's hard to replace size, straight up. You know, that's not a replaceable thing. That's not always a replaceable thing, unless your talent pool is absolutely amazing, and it's not a worry. Altogether, though, Platte Valley is losing six of their top 11 tacklers on defense. Not the worst, though. Um, But they are losing some key players on this offense. Now, let's talk about some key players that should step up this next year. Starting with their quarterback, Howdy Johnson. As a sophomore, he took over and passed for 879 yards, threw 11 touchdowns to 6 picks while rushing for 375 yards and 2 touchdowns. Going into his junior year, he's an experienced quarterback, and he's looking to build on last year. Now, looking at his film, he had really good flashes last year, throwing some dots. You know, And so, this year, I think he's going to be more of a focal point of the offense. I mean, just looking at some of the plays he made last year, he was throwing receivers open, uh, great timing, good accuracy, mobile enough as well. And so, I'm really excited to see how Howdy Johnson does for Platte Valley. He should be one of the top quarterbacks in 2A going into this year. On top of that, Platte Valley is returning Brody White. As a sophomore, he racked up 97 tackles and 3 sacks. He'll be returning some leadership to the squad here. They're also returning Nicholas Burgers. As a junior, this lineman racked up 65 tackles and should be another major contributor, not only on the defensive line, but on the offensive line as well. Then last but not least, you have Josh Eagleton. This outside linebacker as a sophomore led the team in sacks with 6, Also had 79 tackles. As a sack leader, he will be a part of the core that will be returning for this defense. Which is returning five of their top 11 tacklers. Which is not bad at all considering the impact players they got coming back. Now let's go ahead and predict the record for Platte Valley. Talk about this 22 season here. They start their season with Ken Denver. I think this is a dub. This defense should be able to handle a team that is losing pretty much their entire offense top of that this quarterback um for uh for platte valley that is howdy johnson he should be able to be efficient against this kent denver defense and find a way to get it done and get this dub here then they play wild central should be a win here should take care of business here after that they pull eden this is going to be a tough game. It always is whenever you play Eden. And so I'm predicting it as a loss. Platte Valley's going to need more players than the one I just talked about to step up in order to beat an Eden team. At least for this game. So there you go. After that, they play Wiggins. And I'm going to predict this one as a win despite, you know, Wiggins being a one 8 team. They're a very good one 8 team. And so I like the matchup of this defense against their offense, of this Platte Valley defense against their offense But don't be surprised if this is a closer one and, you know, is potentially a toss-up game. I think this is a winnable game for Wiggins as well. You know, and so I think it will be really interesting to see which quarterback steps up and wins their team this game. Because I think that's what it might come down to. After that, they play Devlin. I think this is going to be a loss here for Platte Valley. This uh, Devlin team will be returning a very good offense with experience. Along with a good defense with talent. And so this may come to a shootout. That is probably the worst case scenario for Platte Valley, considering, you know, some of the weapons they have for Howdy Johnson. They'll be inexperienced uh, in all that. And so as low scoring a game as possible, I think that's the best case scenario for Platte Valley. You know, make it within one uh, touchdown uh, going into the fourth quarter. And I think that's a winnable game. But for now, I'm going to favor Devlin in this game. After that, Platte Valley plays Valley, Bennett, Prospect Ridge Academy, and Wellington. And I favor them in all of those games. I think they should be able to take care of business and really settle down this offense. You know, find some playmakers out there outside of Howdy Johnson and find a way to get it done. I think I think they should win those games. I have them favored pretty well. I like this defense against all of those teams. Wellington, they're a new program. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to pick a new program over an established one. And so we'll see how that one turns out. But I have Platte Valley winning all those games pretty easily there. Altogether, my predicted record for Platte Valley is 7-2 with a window of wins anywhere between 6-8. Look, this Platte Valley team should make the playoffs. And thanks to a defense that is returning so much of their core from last year. Also, throwing a quarterback in Howdy Johnson who showed some flashes of greatness last year uh, and assume that he's going to take a step forward. I think that's a recipe for a top seed team. Plus, you know, just gonna say uh, they do have a bit of an easier schedule especially this back end here compared to last year's schedule and so I like Platte Valley moving forward they should be able to gain a lot of confidence going into the playoffs let's move on though and talk about our second to last team of this episode Sterling uh, had a tough season last year went three and six lost to rest 42-0 lost to Eden 63-0 uh, Evergreen, 50-0. Scotts Bluff, a Nebraska team, 56-0. Got a dub against Weld Central, 40-26. Then lost to Platte Valley, 42-12. Um, forfeited to Brush. Then they beat Valley, 43-22. And Fort Lupton, 27-12. Some of the seniors they're losing. Their starting quarterback, Roddick McCracken, threw for 701 yards, six touchdowns and seven picks. Also rushed for 212 yards and four touchdowns. And he was a two-year starter for them. Um, also a lead tackler with 43. So that's going to be a pretty tough loss, especially leadership-wise. They're also losing Michael Mertz to Valentine. He was the lead receiver with 372 yards and one receiving touchdown. Uh, on top of that, they're losing Chase Albrandt. The 6'2, 230 pound tackle defensive end, uh, offensive tackle defensive end, had 48 tackles and three sacks on defense. He'll be a big loss for that line. And then altogether, they're losing six of their top 11 tacklers, with three of them, uh, with their top three being uh, their tackle leaders. So kind of a tough go here for Sterling, you know, losing a bit here. Now, some key players to look out for. I have two here, I have Nathaniel White. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce it. He rushed for 346 yards on three touchdowns as a junior. Was the lead rusher last year for Sterling. They also have Trevor Berg. He was the second lead receiver with 244 yards and two touchdowns. Also racked up 37 tackles on defense. He will help lead a defense that has some experience. So there you go. Now, let me go ahead and predict this 22 season here for Sterling. They play Yuma to start. I'm going to give them the dub here. They're lucky that Yuma is losing two of their best or two of their biggest contributors from their backfield slash offense from last year. So the identity of their offense is definitely in question here going into the first game of the season. Yuma's is. Um, I mean Sterling's is as well. Uh, just a little bit though. But I still think Sterling should be able to win this game with the experience of returning on defense. Plus the running back they do have there. Then they play Bennett. This 1A team is returning some talent. Had kind of a tough read here on Bennett, but I think Sterling should be able to beat this team by keeping it simple, playing good defense, run the ball. I think they could beat Bennett that way. Then they play Wellington. That's that new program. Uh, Look, I'm not going to pick a first-year program to beat a team, but you know if this Wellington team is extremely talented, uh, experience or not, I think they could potentially beat Sterling. Could be a toss-up game. After that, Sterling, they play Kent Denver. I think this is going to be a loss. Maybe a closer game, but this Kent Denver team is returning some key players on defense along with some experience at receiver. Sterling has some established players, but against defense like this will be tough. And so that's why I have Sterling losing against Kent Denver. After that, they play Wild Central. Should be a dub. They should be... be, should be able to handle this team uh, like they did last year. This was a game where, you know, their now lead back went off for 152 yards and touchdowns. Sterling's, that is. Uh, I'm going to assume that he does some similar damage and produces some similar production here in this game. After that, they play Brush. I think this is a loss, this Brush team. It's not the same one as the one that went to state, but they're still good enough to beat the Sterling team. Then... Sterling, they play Timnith. I think this is a dub similar to the Wellington game. Have a lot of the same reasons, but I could definitely see them as being um, this see this game as being an upset win with them beating Sterling in a close one. So there you go. Then they play Arvada. I'm gonna predict this one as a loss for Sterling. Uh, You know, Arvada they weren't great, but they're a little bit underrated. Should be able to take care of a Sterling team that is losing a lot on offense and just you know team wise altogether. Then to end the season to play University, I think this one's a loss. This University team was a game short of state. And it's not going to be the same one that's going to be playing Sterling here. But they're still returning plenty of talent that made that run. Including Loden Getting as an athlete at quarterback that Sterling may struggle to deal with on defense. Altogether, my predicted record for Sterling is 5-4 with the window of wins anywhere between 3-5. The Sterling team has struggled, and they will be losing some key players and leadership from last year. Luckily enough, they are returning a running back who found some success and a defense who, you know, took a lot of last year to Joe. And so, we'll see how they are this year, but at least they're experienced. And so, at best, I have Sterling getting to 500 or so, but it's going to be an uphill battle to get to 500, and it will not be easy for this team. Players have to step up. So we will see. All right, now let's talk about the last team I'm going to talk about in this episode. And that is the two-time state champions, 2A state champions, and Patriot League leaders, Eden High School. Last year, undefeated. Did not lose a single game. I believe they're the only team in the entire state to go undefeated. At least 1 through 5A they were um, and so let me go ahead and go down the line here. They beat Sterling. Well, they beat every team, so just assume that. Uh, beat Sterling, 63-0. Elizabeth, 31-7. Platte Valley, 32-0. Faith Christian, 57. Uh, the Academy, 42-6. Played Res, Beat them still. It was a close one, though. 10-6. Had another close one against the university. Still won, though. 27-20 beat Severance 31-0 uh, closer. It looks closer uh, if you watch the entire game, to be honest with you. Then they played Berthead, blew them out 38-7, Kent Denver 45-6 to end the regular season. In the playoffs, they got Elizabeth again, beat them 31-7. Then they played University to go to state. This was a hard fought game here, but it was at home and they are able to pull this one out beat them 39-24 and then in-state they played a tough brush team who tried to keep it close but ultimately still beat them 26-14. A very dominant season for Eden here. Let's talk about some of the graduating seniors they are losing though that did help them dominate last season starting with Ryan Dirksen. I believe he was a Depoy candidate, a Playmaker of the Year candidate for us but he ended up being one of the lead rushers for this crew, uh, going for 954 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground. On defense, he turns up, got 113 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, and 13 and a half sacks. He was the lead in sacks and tackles for Eden. Then they're losing Ethan Flores, their speedster. He was the second leading rusher with 953 yards and nine touchdowns. At DB, he was also tough, gaining 91 tackles and two picks. They're also losing these two linemen up front. And Phil and Trey Lawrence got to meet these guys, real nice guys. But they are massive units. They were massive units for this Eden offensive and defensive line. Phil, he had 47 tackles, while Trey had 16 tackles. They will also be missed as part of this uh, offense's run game as well. That power run game that they have over there. So losing some size there. Then they're also losing their starting DBs in Rogan Barr. My guy, he was a starting DB and wide receiver on the last two championship uh, teams for Eden Last year, he had 35 tackles and 3 picks, including a key interception in that rush game. Then they're losing a safety here in Dirk Duncan. Uh, Another one of my guys started at DB for the last two championship teams. And he had 30 tackles and 2 interceptions. So losing some experience and leadership there. Uh, Losing a lot of experience and leadership here. But, Eden, they're returning a lot of players here, a lot of talent. There's a reason why I have them undefeated in every matchup I've talked about um, in this episode. And so, let's go ahead and talk about these players here. Starting with their quarterback, Walker Martin. At quarterback last year, he added a pretty significant passing game to this team that only got better. He passed for 1,335 1, 1, yards, 19 touchdowns and 8 picks, while also rushing for 560 yards and 5 touchdowns. He is committed to Arkansas for baseball, so at the moment he is set going into his senior year. Look for him to take another step forward and potentially be put in situations to win games I think he's a quarterback that can win games, you know, either on the ground or through the air. And so he's going to be dangerous Uh, on the other side of the ball. You have Ryder true. He will be playing uh, you know, running back as well, but he will be one of the top linebackers in the state of Colorado as well as contribute to this offensive run game. On offense last year, he ran for 253 yards and seven touchdowns as the power back, while also catching 21 receptions for 233 yards and two touchdowns. Then on defense, he was the second lead tackler with 112 tackles. He will help return plenty of leadership after being on the last two championship teams as well. Getting more of a significant role starting last year though. And so going into this year, he should be looking to have a huge senior year where, you know, he could earn some pretty good uh, scholarships having a big year and potentially making a playoff run as well. So we'll see. And then... Eden, they're also returning Morgan Trebet, one of their best athletes, uh, period. You know, despite having some injury issues last year throughout the season uh, regarding his ankle, I believe, he still went for 78 tackles, 17 tackles for losses, and and 9.5 sacks. That's with those injuries, which is wild. Um, He was not as involved in the offense as he usually was because of the injuries, but this will be his bounce-back year. Uh, As of right now, I believe he's already been offered by the University of Nevada. So I believe he might be one of the only two-way players here in Colorado to be offered by a D1. And you know what? He's going to show the state why he is one of the top athletes, you know. Both on defense and offense, look for him to not only be a menace off the edge on defense, but also be uh, a top of back being able to pound the rock and being one of the power backs for this Eden team. On top of that, as if that wasn't enough, they're also returning Zach Grable. He was Walker Martin's favorite target from last year. Uh, as a junior, he caught only 16 receptions, but he went for 434 yards and 10 touchdowns. That means over half of his receptions went for touchdowns. Just keep that in mind. This connection will be heat again this year as both of them will be seniors. And that will be tough to stop paired with the power rushing attack that Eden uh, naturally has. They almost always have. So there you go. Also on defense contributed 55 tackles. So there you go. That's another returner for this defense. Then you have Trent Salberg as a first year starter at corner. He got 54 tackles and a team high six interceptions as a junior going into his senior year. You know, I would say look for similar productions, but teams are going to have to start paying attention and not throwing his way as he is a top-tier cornerback here in 2A. And then you have Tate Smith. This is a tall tight end for this Eden team. Um, I believe he's like in the 6'4", 6'5", range. He went for 21 receptions, 189 yards, and a touchdown last year. He should come in clutch again as that security blanket option for Walker Martin. There were times where it was third, fourth down, and he came up big just bodying somebody and getting the catch. And So he's going to be a problem to guard along with Zach Grable in this passing attack. And then last but not least, I do want to shout out this player. I think he's going to be a sleeper player. But Gunnar Clary is going to be dangerous for Eden. Got snaps as a freshman. uh, Contributed, you know, three and a half sacks. Unfortunately, you know, he was hurt uh, for the season right before that playoff run. So he could not contribute to the team uh, in the playoffs. But look to him to be the next great Eden pass rusher. He has been very impressive at camps. I have seen him at one uh, with his versatility, not only as a speed rusher, which I knew he could do, and he's only going to get better as a pass rusher, but as a cover linebacker as well he really impressed not only me but you know some scouts and uh you know some people in the colorado football community him and trebet off the edge will be unstoppable if both could stay healthy i'm gonna go ahead and knock on wood here uh because that is gonna be an unstoppable duo lightning and thunder you know it's gonna be tough for teams to find a way to stop both they're gonna have to have premier tackles to stop these two guys here along you know with an explosive offense and a lot of leadership returning here for this eden team and so look i'm not even gonna go game by game for eden here uh they have nine games scheduled so far here honestly i have them going nine and no. With a window of wins anywhere between 8 and 10. If they add a 10th game, then there you go. They go undefeated. But still, I think they'll go anywhere between 8 and 10. This will be a very dominant Eden team. Uh, I think defensively, they might not be as dominant as they were in previous years. But offensively, they will be probably a top offense in the state. Don't sleep on their defense though. They still got guys over there like I just said. Um, so that's going to make up the difference there. And so that's why I have them going undefeated. Now, they are going to face some challenges that I do want to, you know, acknowledge here. In TCA, that's the first game of the season. They come down to Colorado Springs to play TCA. By the way, my alma mater. So there you go. Then they also have Severance, Platte Valley, and the Academy at the end of the season. But honestly, worst case scenario, and I mean worst case scenario, they split... Those matchups, which in my opinion are the toughest matchups of the season, and they go 2-2. Two two. But regardless, the two-time defending state champions have a chance to establish themselves as yet another dynasty. And three-peat for the first time in Colorado history. Well, basically since Wyman did it. And so there are no excuses outside of injury for them to not have a top seed going into the playoffs and be the team to beat. Period. But we'll just have to see about that. Anyways, that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner podcast. Thank you so much for rocking with us. If you want to go ahead and show some love on social media, know when episodes are going to drop. Follow us at Playmakers Corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Show some love there. Uh, And then go ahead and subscribe to us on TikTok, YouTube, Twitch. We'll be posting a lot of content from other episodes, snippets and stuff like that there. Uh, We will probably be streaming, live streaming uh, a couple of these season previews. So we could show some highlights and film there. So just keep that in mind. Um, But yeah, but thank you so much for rocking with us. Hey, look, by the way. None of this is personal, we're going off of what we have established, the stats, the film, what we saw in person, what we've heard, what our sources have told us, and so, it's never personal, but we always have reasons why we predict and, you know, do what we do here, and so, there you go, but, other than that, go ahead and look out for Wednesday's episode, Cody's episode, and then me and Cody's joint episode on Fridays, we'll be breaking down every episode. 11-man football team before the 2022 season just like this and so go ahead and tune into those and we will see you then